It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time now for episode 292 of the Three Point Podcast. We're presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer, including big discounts if you sign up for the beginning of 2024. Also want to thank our regular partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Before we get rolling too much, guys, I did want to send a special shout out to Rivals Tap House and Grill. I meant to do it last week, but uh, after uh, Corona suffered that tough loss in the state championship game, that was a Sunday night. They had a little mini pep rally at the gym. I don't think anybody was in the mood for that, but you know, it was it was good to have the fans show their support. But Rivals welcomed all, the entire team and family uh, for food, you know, socializing. They were there like till 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night. So uh, kudos to them. Big time supporters of the Cavalier program. All right, we'll catch up a little bit here. Uh, I, I don't have much. What do you got going on, Jared? Yeah, um, I wish it was a happy. I mean, it, it kind of is a happy uh, <laughs> catch up segment, I guess, but a little bit of a midlife crisis. So, oh boy, midlife um, already. Let's hope it's not. <laughs> yeah, crisis. So I so with you know busy last couple of weeks here with the Red Wings in Sweden. Then we had the state finals. I didn't have a chance to get a haircut, so. Uh, I kind of went through the weeks. My hair was getting longer and longer and just wasn't really paying attention to it. Just who cares? Throw on a baseball hat or whatever. Somebody took a picture of me from behind and I saw my <laughs> hair and how much it's like thinning. Like it was like, I could, it was like a monster uh, is what I look like from behind. It's like, I saw the picture and I kid you not, my heart just like sucked. Like what the hell have I been doing? So I go to the barbershop on Tuesday. Uh, this is last Tuesday, by the way, about six days ago. I just said, do it. You know, I said, buzz it. So I did buzz it. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell now. Oh. It's grown back, uh, you know, about a week's worth. So I need to buzz it again. But right. it was just time, man. It was it was time. And I don't know what took me so long. It was kind of shocking. You know, I look at myself every day in the mirror. 
But then you see a picture somebody takes of you, and it's like, dear God, I look like that? And <laughs> so it's scary, that realization I had that, man, who knows how long I've looked like that? And I'm just glad I finally did it because now that I've done it, I don't know why I didn't do it four or five years ago, to be honest. But uh, I'm a new man now. I'm a shaved head man, soon to be pretty much a totally bald guy. Well, we all know. I mean, obviously, you guys, you know, your dad, obviously. Uh, are, are you following in your dad's footsteps or? I mean, the whole my everybody, every male in my family. I mean, Ted, you okay. could have a shaved head if you really wanted. Um, oh, yeah, it's thinning big time. But I mean, I, I lasted until my 50s, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I still at times I go, damn, what happened to that head of hair I used to have? Wow. But uh, there's not much you can do with it. I'm hanging on with what I got. But All right. yours looks good, Jared. I like the cut. That's not bad. You know, it, it's true, too. Like some people don't have the head for like an actually shaved head, not just like a buzz cut. But, you know, like actually using a straight razor on your head. a full. That's what I would be worried about. I can tell yeah, you. Some people don't. It's a little lumpy or just doesn't look right. I have a few friends um a few a few who like even in college you know maybe like your age jared early Mm -hmm. 20s really started thinning and they just went you know what whatever going for it and they've pulled it off ever since then you know it's also like the maintenance if you're gonna go that route you've got to keep up on it otherwise then it's even gonna look worse you're gonna have like stubble five o'clock shadow on your head you know it's funny because so like my dad has he um has a nice thick full head of hair. I mean, it's nice and long. He's got the locks and everything. I'm starting to thin too. I don't think I'm ever going to go full bald. I don't think it's you ever going to be that. Coming, Matt. But it's it's <laughs> definitely kind of like what you're saying. As you were talking about it, I you know you know your hair. I, I knew it was starting right. to thin a little. But uh, the last couple years, like especially in the summer, you know, if I had didn't have a hat on or whatever, I'd see a picture if I was like bent over, you know, something like that. Right. And it would, I'd be like, oh man, it's it's really starting to thin out up there. Yeah, it's uh, not a good feeling, man. It's not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, especially when it just first hits you, you know, you, right. you, you had to know Jared, that was probably coming somewhere down the line. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. I've been waiting to buzz it. I don't know. It just, I guess I needed something to push me finally over the edge. I was like, F it. I'm just going to buzz it, man. Yeah. I remember I the first time the I, go ahead. Yeah. We, we need to post that picture. Yeah, man. Now that picture is long gone. <laughs> Believe me. I saw it once. I'm never going to put my eyes on it again. I was well, going to say, sometimes it's a picture or something like that, whether it's yeah. your hair, whether it's maybe, you've put on a few LBs after the holidays or something, you know, you, you see a picture and you're like, Oh man, I'm starting to look a little fluffy around the, the midsection yeah. there. Sometimes that's all you need. The, the little bit of motivation to, to make a couple changes. Man, I'll tell you what, I know the realization you're talking about. It didn't bother me so much on, you know, I got the monk thing at the top of my head where it thinned out and balded, you know, <laughs> and it looks really weird, but I, okay. I could deal with that for a while, but then, you know, pictures tell the story when you look in the mirror you don't it's not that bad you know usually but when you get a picture that you don't like like you're talking about i saw a picture of a profile and i just i went to my my uh, hairstylist and said man you got to do something with this i actually had taken a picture of it in the mirror and said look at that you got to smooth that out or have it go down a little bit it looks terrible nothing worked it didn't work yeah i was the same once you're at that point man that's there's no fixing it there is none Uh, i mean you you made some money in your day maybe you could have got hair transplants at some point but uh i could have joe buck now yeah joe (laughs) bucked it yeah i thought about that too like doing the plugs transplants you know doing something like that or uh, a haircut for men you know there's all these other options at the same time though like 
that's just it's not just like a one-time thing some of those i mean i guess the transplants could be but i don't know it, it is what it is it's just hair you know just yeah just I'm roll with from- it what I've heard is my dad told me probably a year ago, probably hinting that I should cut my, I should buzz it off. He said that back in your kind of like when you were my age, Ted, that yeah. being bald, you were like a leper. Like you, <laughs> that's kind of how he described it. He said it's a lot more. I think Michael Jordan probably helped with it. To be oh, honest, did yeah, it's a lot more in not style and not in style. Nobody wants to be bald, but it's right. not like you can rock it. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Basically. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, in fact, a good example is your brother Josh. I think he rocks it well. He's got a nice <laughs> beard going. I like the look. You know, it's good look. He's got a good head. You know, some people don't. I like I like the style you got though. You didn't shave it. You got it kind of buzzed down. And I think yeah, that's my neck. Cut. That's my next step, probably, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough on here. I was going to say, I usually share too much. I did at one time, they did come out with a hair product, and I'm drawing a blank on what it was that was supposed to grow hair. You know, it was. You fell for it. I, oh, I fell for it. That damn thing burnt the hell out of my skin. Like, like George Costanza on Seinfeld? Was... Kind of, yeah. So I gave it there an effort. Like I, I said, it's not working. It's not Who working. Trust me, I've. When, when I notice things starting to thin a little, I, I have spent extra money on the like hair thickening shampoo or something. Oh, and it's it like, does kind of work. Who knows? Yeah, it probably works a little bit, but you know, I don't know. Who knows what type of radioactive ooze you were rubbing on your head, Ted? I, it's never good when it's burning your head. I know. It, it, it's, it, probably, it, it probably caused that bald spot. It can, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a shame, help. too. It, it's crazy because my son, Wesley, he's almost two. He's, he's a few weeks from turning two. And he's he's never had a haircut, so he's got some nice long hair. It's yeah. I mean it's you know like he does thinner. You know um, he doesn't have like Maybe thick hair. hair, but uh, when I, when I look at his hair, I'm just like, oh man, I used to have that. <laughs> yeah. I used to have. That. Oh, Long gone. I know yeah. the feeling. All right, I think midlife, I think... mid-life crisis already. I mean, you never know where these are going to go with Jared. You know, like God, I know. I hope he lives past fifty. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how how is knows, uh, you man. know. Quick, quick recap. How is everyone? Are they recouped from state championship weekend at, at work? Everyone. Yeah, it's been, it was, it's, it feels like it just ended, man. Uh, so I guess it was like 10 days ago by now, but yeah, it feels good. I'm recouped. You know, it, it definitely those first couple days when you're done. I mean, you guys saw it. I slept through a podcast the day after it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's all you need to know. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> that's all you need to know about where my head was at after that, uh, you know, basically 80 hour week. It felt like so. Yeah. No, we're back and and we're ready to roll. I mean, the Red Wings, man, nice little energy boost that I'm not yes. used to in my time there is that we actually have a team that's probably going to make the playoffs. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully, good, yeah. Good thing too because the Pistons are the polar opposite right now. Oh. Right. <laughs> what and what on earth has happened to that team? I mean, it's just how did you become that bad? You know, after after last year, right? I don't know. It, it is kind of amazing how they've been in the same spot now for what feels like eternity. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's 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 a sad state of the NBA. It's a sad state of the Pistons for damn sure. Is right. they're just yeah. gonna have to go right back to the tank mode and hope to hope to add a piece in the draft this year. And we'll, and we'll probably do the same thing next year too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll probably we have talked about. It. We'll we'll talk a little more about it um, later in the pod maybe. But you know, they have they they signed they had Bogdanovich, they signed Monty Morris, and then Joe yeah. Harris. You know, I've I've talked a lot. You need veterans. You need some solid veterans next to Kate Cunningham, Ivy, all these young talented hopefully stars but they're all hurt all the veterans that they signed are hurt monty morris hasn't played bogdanovich hasn't played this year joe harris has kind of been in and out so everyone that they try veterans that they tried to sign 
they're not even on the court. I saw someone, it was like Chandler Parsons or it was some, yeah. some former NBA player on a podcast was breaking down their roster. And he was just, I, I just saw the clip, but he was like, this is the most random group of yeah. players on a roster. He was like, this doesn't make sense. He, he was saying like Cade Cunningham's a star. He was like this Cade is a superstar in the making. He's great. But he was like, who plays next to him? And he was starting to like list and he was like, this just makes no sense. So it's a, it's like the opposite of Brad Holmes coming in and fixing the lions right. roster. <laughs> That's not happening with the Pistons no. right now. No, no. And it's but too bad. Anyway. I mean, if, if you want to get decent seats to go see the Pistons though, this would be the year to do it. I got to imagine they're, yeah. they're flowing at a discount on StubHub down there for sure. Um, yeah, and when the, and when I, the Lakers we, come to town, when the Suns come to town, when the Warriors come right. to town. <laughs> yeah, good time to see those guys. I And we talk about this, I feel like, in pods of past, and I'm just reiterating it. I truly think this is what they needed to address, and they didn't, is they should have went out and got kind of a, you know, a dog-type alpha character, whether it's mm-hmm. Chris Paul, whether it's a Patrick Beverly, that's you right. know, Draymond Green. Obviously, that's not realistic, but they right. needed a veteran presence like that in that locker room with all those young guys who have never won in the NBA and they didn't do it. Yeah. They got some veteran pieces, Monte Morris, bogey, but those aren't true alpha leaders right, in no. the NBA locker room. And that's what right. you needed. And they didn't get it. And I, yeah. and I hope they do it this off season because I don't see much changing without something like that. It doesn't have to be a guy who's really contributing on the court. Just somebody who has that presence in practice every day in the locker room. Maybe he plays 20 minutes a game. That's what right. the Pistons really need, in my opinion, more than any superstar draft pick. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, that that's what they need, and uh, that's what every football team needs. And uh, we'll talk a little football. Some interesting things this last weekend in both college and the Detroit Lions, and we'll be back and talk about it right after this. When it comes to an emergency, time matters. At Memorial Healthcare in Owasso, our emergency department is fast ER. We feature low wait times, and we're just a short drive from Flint and Lansing. With emergency trained providers and verification as a level three trauma center, Memorial is an acute stroke ready hospital. For fast, friendly treatment of minor illnesses and injuries, Memorial Healthcare Urgent Care in Owasso and Durand is now open seven days a week with service from 10 a.m to 8 p.m. No appointment is needed and we're conveniently located on North State Road across from Meyer and Owasso and on Lansing Road in Duran. We offer on-site x-ray and lab services too. Stop in Monday through Friday 7 30 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Owasso and 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Duran. Saturday and Sunday lab hours are from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in both Owasso and Duran. Memorial Healthcare, Fast CR, and with urgent care, lab, and x-ray services now seven days a week. We invite you to find out more and visit us at memorialhealthcare.org. All right, guys. I mean, the selection committee made their four choices. I mean, it was a no-brainer, Washington and uh, Michigan. I guess there could have been a case for Washington being in the number one slot, but doesn't matter. You know, they're one and two, pretty much undisputed, but the rest of it, it's caused mayhem, not only in college football, but on the news channels and everything else, man. Right. Florida State is the big topic. How awesome it is, is it that Go on, we, we, we talk every year, you know, every year of this playoff, we've realized that it was a flawed system from the start. Yep. The four yeah, yeah. the four teams with five power five conferences. Yes. And every year around midseason, you start kind of debating these doomsday scenarios, you know, what could happen. They never they never would fall, they never would happen. It right. always fall through at the very end. Um, you know, whatever the team that would make it five really good teams would lose and cut in the championship weekend or whatever. It always would fall apart. This year it didn't, and I'm glad it didn't. 
we saw how stupid the committee and how they make decisions really is. Listen, whatever they would have done was the wrong decision. Really, it honestly was. It was the position they were placed in by this stupid four-team playoff that finally we are changing next year to 12. Which, quick side note, I saw the 12-team bracket. Did not get me excited. It looked like (laughs) a lot of mid-games, basically just Mm -hmm. leading to the eventual college football playoff top four anyway. So we can table that for next year's discussion. Yeah, anyway. it'll still be better than the bowl situation we have, though, I think. It, you, it, it yeah, can't be any worse when, than what we're dealing with right now. Especially when you True. see everyone transferring already and opting out of bowls. Like, at least yes. more guys will stick around and play. Right. My, my problem with what the committee did, and it's funny, man. I saw a picture. Ted, it looked like you would have been right at home in the committee room. I don't know if you <laughs> saw the picture of them while watching the game in, like, office swivel chairs, but I good saw- Lord. Um, the, here's what my problem is. And I've seen this other places, so this is not the most original take, but this is an honest take. If you're going to go with the four best teams, then Georgia should be in there. Right. If you're going to go with the four most deserving teams, Florida State should be in there. Mm-hmm. They did this kind of mismatch, subjective BS about the quarterback getting hurt, and now Florida State's not in and Bama's in, but Georgia's not in. It made no sense. It made absolutely right. no sense at all. And so it's it's the fact that they were put in this position anyway – is really the true problem. But when I see pictures of this committee sitting there laughing, watching these games unfold, and they really have no answers for when, you know, Reese Davis or whoever is asking them why they made the decisions they make, they give you kind of this coach speak or committee speak BS. That's when I have a problem with this committee. Yeah. I mean, they did a good job. I mean, you're right. The, from the start when they made it a 14 playoff with the five power five conferences, and then also, you know, if a ha- if there happens to be a Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina or someone else, then, yeah, someone's always going to get left out. So it was always flawed from the start. But they did a good job in in writing up in their, their bylaws or their rules yeah. or whatever that they could make an exception for if, say, Jim Harbaugh was suspended for the playoff, they could have said that's a big difference for Michigan. If Florida State's Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback is hurt, you know, they can say this isn't the same team. So – when it comes to that, you know, they, they just went by the, the rules of uh, the committee, what they're supposed to do. But it's all about the competition thing to most people. And Florida State was number four going into championship weekend. And they won their right. conference championship game against <laughs> Louisville, who I think was ranked like number 18. So it's not like they were playing some like scrub team or something like that. They beat a pretty good team. And they did. They're undefeated. Ever since Jordan Travis got hurt, they won every game. They went to Florida and won. They won their conference championship. So they're sitting there saying, if you're if you're saying we're a different team without our you know starting quarterback, which is true. I mean, that's if JJ McCarthy goes down, Michigan's a different team. So that is true. But they did everything they were supposed to do. How are you going to drop them from four out of the playoff when Alabama was number eight? Going yeah. into championship weekend. And yes, they beat number one Georgia. Sure. So that's a big win. But they jumped from eight all the way up to four, then leapfrogged Florida State. That's what's crazy. And that's the thing. I, I agree with you, Jared. If you're sitting there saying, no, we're taking eye test the four best teams, then Georgia should be in because Georgia really is probably one of the four best teams in the country. So if that's what you're saying, then you're right. Are you going to knock out Texas? You know, are you going to, even though Alabama beat Georgia, would you still put Georgia in over Alabama? You know, like, so 
it was never going to be perfect. Someone's always going to be mad. I even saw people saying that if you're saying the four best teams, you could have let Michigan out because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that hate on Michigan and their strength of schedule and all that stuff. So it's just the reasoning is stupid. Honestly, it, it, the easiest thing they could have done is leave Florida state in because they were in the top four going in and just say they were in the top four. They won their game. You move on. And then you would have went with the head to head Texas beat Alabama in the regular season. Cool. You're in over Alabama done. Like you would have had a way out of all the arguments there. Don't you think also one of the big factors that they were left out? Yeah. We know all about the bullshit and quarterback thing and all that, (laughs) but the way TCU got just completely destroyed last year in that national championship game, people's eyes were off that TV set about a little before halftime and there's money involved in all that. I mean, I think that was a big part of the factor that they were let out. I think frankly, yeah, the, the Jared laid it out perfectly. The, the four best teams, probably you do include Georgia and Alabama and Texas loses out. If you just are going to be subjective and look at it right now, you know, but I think, it's a complete farce that they even have the playoff show and rankings leading up to the final week. Cause it meant right. absolutely nothing. Yeah. Why even Dude, have it? You no, know, it made right. no sense. Uh, here's, here's my problem with kind of people saying who the best team, like when it, when it turns subjective and I had to hear this all year, we all heard it. Oh, yeah. JJ McCarthy, the same idiots who are saying that, uh, you know, Georgia or whoever, Alabama are the best team subjectively and not just objectively of who won games, which Florida State didn't lose a single game. They looked damn good in the process. Gave LSU their biggest loss of the year. Can't be swept under a rug, dude. I know they have a new quarterback. We've seen backup quarterbacks, seen third-string quarterbacks win before, and people are making the cop, oh, well, Ohio State with third-string in the Big Ten title title game won 59 to whatever it was versus Wisconsin, 59-0 or 59-7. Yeah. And that's that's a fair argument. But my problem is when you start guessing and making subjective calls, especially when I had to hear it all year, how Oregon was so much better than Washington right after Washington beat Oregon. And then what do you know what? They're a 10 point favorite against Washington later on in the year. And what do you know what? Washington beats them again. Uh, And these same idiots who I just mentioned were saying basically JJ McCarthy was the third best quarterback in the Big Ten and that (laughs) Ohio State versus Notre Dame was a battle of two Titans and both teams were damn good earlier in the year. I saw these things with my own eyes and I saw the narrative created around them. And yeah. the fact that those narratives are deciding who's making the playoff and who's not is a joke. Just let it be settled on the field. Yeah. And and I and here's the thing, man. It's like I, you can't leave Bama out. And I'm putting this committee. I'm making fun of the committee, but I probably would have had the same top four. But just the fact of how it's decided is it truly is a joke. And Florida State has every right to be pissed. I, I hate that they're going after and kind of suing the college football playoff <laughs> because that seems like all that college football has turned into is the you know lawsuits, contracts. Uh, right. You know, Twitter, Twitter paragraph, you know, pictures of, of text. I'm sick of it, but they have every right to do that because they really got shafted. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's you feel bad for the players. Obviously, the coach is going to come out with a statement because he's going to stand up for his team or whatever. But, you know, you just think about I, I tweeted about this earlier. Like if you were the backup quarterback that came in for, for Travis, you've put in the work and then you have the committee telling you that basically you're not good enough even though you were number four and you went in and won the conference championship. Yeah. That's gotta be a little bit of a gut punch to be like, Hey man, we did everything we were supposed to do. Yeah. We lost our superstar quarterback, but we kept rolling. We, we kept yeah. doing what we were supposed to do, but that that's the thing. I don't think most people wouldn't argue that Alabama is not one of the four best teams. I think most people would say, yeah, they probably are just like we said earlier. 
earlier, most people would probably say Georgia probably is one of the four best teams in the country, right? So, right, in that sense, they got it right. But when when you're sitting there saying the game's on the field, games played don't really matter. Right. That's where, like, the whole competition thing. That's why all these kids are jumping in the transfer portal. That's why they're not playing in the Caleb Williams for USC, not playing in their bowl game, getting ready for the draft. That's why all this stuff is happening. And, yeah, the 12-team playoff will fix it a little bit, but there, you know there's still going to be debate in the 10 to 16 right. range. There's going to be a, a two-loss Penn State that's right on the edge and then some crappy AC, ACC or like Liberty or Tulane or something like that is going to take Penn State spot and Penn State fans are going to be pissed about that. You know, there's still going to be controversy. Yeah, maybe not as much, but it won't be as much just because there's be only much. there's only a handful of teams that are going to win a national championship and all right. the teams that get in it, you know, let 10, 11, 12, they're just damn lucky to be in it, you know, right. in the playoffs next year. But yeah. well, you know what I do love though in in the day before actually two days excuse me, before the college football playoff is Florida State's going to play Georgia. And I think they're a 13-point underdog. My God, would we have chaos if they win that game? I think they have a legit shot to win that game. I mean, it's funny. People were saying how Bama would boat race Florida State after this new quarterback. Bama hasn't boat raced anybody all year. I think they've right. only, they haven't beat anybody by more than two scores all right. year. And I would say, you know, they're probably the best team in the country right now. You know, Michigan has an argument for that for sure. But I would say, you know, all things aside, I think Bama's the number one team in the country. He's had the biggest win in the entire season. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just a joke. I, I kind of lost they, my train of thought, if I'm being honest. But basically, okay, yeah. here it is. Basically, what I'm saying is that Florida State's going to have every right to prove everybody wrong uh, against Florida State on December 30th in the Orange – or against Georgia, excuse me, on December right. 30th in the Orange Bowl. And if they win that game, my God, I'm going to be the first guy on Twitter voicing my opinion <laughs> how it's that they weren't in the playoff. I'll, I'll the, be curious to see – with this matchup the playoff really did i mean they should have matched them up with like penn state or some shit not somebody right. who they can really prove we deserve to be in there you know a couple of days before your playoff takes place mm -hmm. i'll be curious to see who sits out like if brock bowers for georgia he might sit out he's already banged up and he's going to be the first he's gonna be a top 10 nfl draft pick so i wonder if he'll sit out or if any other players from georgia are going to sit out because you know that would change your whole like the whole narrative well, and you, if, you know they're going to be playing a completely uninspired team right yeah, both teams are going to be a little bit uninspired, but I think Florida State might have the advantage just because of what you're laying out. They're going to try to prove everybody, hey, we're going to finish the season 14 and 0. And guess what? We're going to print up t shirts that yeah. says we're national champs, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you guys some people are saying they should boycott. Some people are saying they should say, no, we're not going to play. I mean, what, what's the point in us playing in this Orange Bowl? Yeah, we get a little bit of money. Thought but... crossed my mind. Why not? Right. Is there a debate to be made that Michigan had the almost weakest resume of everybody? Is there a debate? What do you guys think? I've had that thought I mean, cross my mind where when you I, see I undefeated teams get left off. I, I mean, Michigan's resume, I guess Ohio State, we build them up to be this, you know, juggernaut every year, and they're a good team. But they just, I mean, seeing what we're seeing from the portal, they were half in, half out right. by the end of that year. So I don't know. If you really look at Michigan's resume, I don't, I, I think with a straight face, you could argue Florida State's over it. Yeah, I, no, I think there's an argument, but I think there's an argument for everyone because even though Alabama right now, like you said, you, you think they're the number one team playing the best, they struggled with Arkansas. Yeah. They Auburn. barely beat Auburn. They barely beat Texas A&M. Yep. So, they yeah, they – you know, Texas. Right. It, they got beat, beat by Texas. Texas lost yeah. to Oklahoma. So, I mean, every team kind of has these – even Georgia, even though we're saying all this about Georgia, they didn't look like Georgia of the past, you know, all season. So – I think everyone really has like, like there's really like not one clear cut best team. 
even Washington, even though they're undefeated and Penix is probably going to win the Heisman or he could, um, you know, they struggled with some teams too. So I don't know. You, you could probably make that, that argument for anyone. I think going on the road and winning at Penn state and then winning at home against Ohio state without your head coach might be two of the more right. impressive wins of the season, you know, mm-hmm. if we're being honest, but being honest, also part of this whole debate discussion, everything like that, this, you know, the committee, you hope that this stuff didn't come into play, but we're also being naive. If we say it's not, this is made for TV. Oh yeah. What, what do you think they're, you know, who, I mean, yeah, it's my employer who, who basically owns the college football playoff ESPN. <laughs> and where, where did this selection show happen on ESPN? What do you think the ratings for Michigan versus Florida state were going to be versus Jim Harbaugh versus Nick Saban, oh, yeah. Michigan versus Alabama in the oh, Rose Bowl. And I who mean, has the SEC next year too. <laughs> and who has the, who owns the SEC basically. ESPN. So, I mean, you hope that those things weren't coming into play, but you also know that it's, it's a money, it's a business. They're, they yeah. want to make money and leaving out Nick Saban and Alabama or the SEC altogether is not good money for the college football playoff. I mean, think about it. Like I see, you know, again, this, these are my coworkers or whatever, but I'm not saying anything like bad. Like Paul Feinbaum obviously was very outspoken about, yeah, they got it right. Alabama should have been in. What would he have talked about on his show if no SEC team got in the college football playoff? He wouldn't have anything to talk about. So, I mean, of course, you got Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban to talk about for the next three, four weeks. So, yes, I think some of that stuff did come into play. Oh, if SEC got left left out and Sankey uh, is the commissioner, I think he's a great goddamn commissioner. He is. I think we'd be talking today about how the SEC is, like, forming their own, like, football playoff. I seriously he's think they would be. be. There's right. no world where they were going to get left out. Uh, just real quick, kind of as the, uh, of the playoff as a whole, then we'll maybe dive into Michigan versus Iowa and Michigan versus Bama. Uh, just going over the odds, I think we really are in store for one hell of a playoff. If you're any one of these four teams, which Michigan at plus 170 is a favorite to win it all, Bama plus 190, Texas plus 310, Washington plus 700, I think all these teams have a legit chance yeah. to win it. I mean, even, even Washington, you would oh, say yeah. if you're Washington, yeah. you're the best quarterback. You're the best quarterback out of these four teams. So if you have that, I mean, you could beat anybody. So it's just it should be a really, really – fun uh new year's day and that's the best thing of it all is that it's on new year's day this year and not new year's eve so we don't have a situation like last year where i'm out at the bars having the worst time of my life after right. a michigan loss so just and, be thankful and it's five also, o'clock new year's day it's gonna be awesome the real rose bowl the real yeah. rose bowl yeah it's it's the awesome. real rose bowl and and it's also like some different matchups you know i mean that's part of it too like it's not okay yeah michigan it's cool for us michigan it's their third straight year Bama's kind of been in and out the last few years, but you got Washington versus Texas. That's a really like cool matchup, you know? And then obviously Alabama, Michigan is just a classic at the Rose Bowl. Right. All four teams, all four teams have really good quarterbacks. All four teams have really good defenses. All four teams have really good coaches. So honestly, like this, it is all the craziness. Florida state fans are never going to live it down there I mean, rightfully so they should be pissed but these are going to be two really good games because you know what we we would be in the same situation we'd oh, be doing sure. the same thing and i even heard some of these talking heads saying well it'd be the same thing if jj mccarthy went down okay that i understand what you're saying but yeah. let's say mccarthy goes down halfway in that ohio state game or against iowa and they're still 13 and 0 and then they get left out because of that oh man oh we'd be we'd be 
I don't we would know have what done to a, say. Here's we would have done a live podcast right after that selection <laughs> show. It, it doesn't. It wouldn't happen in Michigan. I mean, Stephen A. Smith. We laughed at him, uh, you know, a few weeks ago for some of his Michigan takes, where he just had no idea what he was talking about. But he had a great point where he said, if Deion Sanders is coaching Florida State, oh, they're in without a doubt. Without a well, doubt, that's they're what I mean. He did say that. Out. That's what I mean about the brand thing. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Florida State is a pretty big brand, but in the early '90s, when Bobby Bowden was their coach. They're not that big of a brand now. So, you know, yeah, if it was Alabama, if it was, you know, Michigan, Ohio State going through some of this stuff, mm-hmm. I, I bet that they might have looked at it a little differently because of the money, because of right. the brand. You know, yeah. But, but they hate Michigan, too. And with all that went on this do. year in Harbaugh, that would have been their perfect excuse to to leave them out. You know, since we're talking. I saw, some, I saw some people saying, sorry, to that point, I saw some people saying that's why they matched Michigan up with Alabama. Because mm-hmm. they want to, they want to do anything possible to get Harbaugh the hell out of here. So they're right. like, put him up against it, Alabama, put him up because they would have smoked Florida State. I mean, you never probably. know what happens, but they probably would have smoked Florida State, and then maybe a little, you know, they probably would have been favored against Washington and Texas. So right. put him up against Bama because I think the last I saw it was only like a two and a half point, you know. Uh, oh, it's it's not a reward at all for being the number one right. seed. I guess it's nice that they get to pick where this game was played. I mean, if this was played in New Orleans, Sugar Bowl, right. I, I wouldn't even watch the game. Michigan's losing that game. It's, it's <laughs> going into an away environment in, in the South against Bama. You might as well just lose. Um, yeah. This was not much of a reward, man. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into the X's and O's of this game. I'm officially very nervous. Uh, and apparently, I don't know what you guys made of that video. Let's just address kind of the video that's making its waves. Um, happens every year with whoever gets matched up against these SEC teams. I mean, for good reason. They've won 13 of the last 17 national titles. Uh, did you guys actually think that was kind of fear coming from Michigan's t- team when they heard the announcement they were facing Bama? Was it shock? I've gone back and forth on it, man. I think yeah. those moments, those are the pure kind of fight or flight moments. And as you read that room, it definitely seemed like a lot of flight entered entered <laughs> their minds. But then again, it's like, what are you supposed to do? It's such a shocker that they left an undefeated team out that I don't. I didn't expect them to be kind of cheering and going crazy. I mean, who wants to play Alabama? I wouldn't. <laughs> right. uh, so I don't blame them. But what did you guys make of that video before we get into maybe more of the X's and O's? Oh, I know Matt's got a thought. I just want to just quickly jump in. I think it was, oh, shit. I think that's what <laughs> it was. I really do. I, we wanted Florida State. We got <laughs> Alabama. That was an honest reaction. It was just an honest reaction. That's how I yeah. saw it. Yeah, I, I think it was an honest reaction, like in both ways. Like Jared said, like the shock of holy, sh- they actually left Florida State out, you know, like, and oh, we got to play Alabama now. You know, I don't think it was a, oh my God, we're scared, we're going to run for the hills, you know, or whatever. Right. Like, this is a, this is a very veteran team with a lot of really good players who've played a lot of football. They've been to two straight playoffs. Like, I don't think they're scared of Alabama. I think they know they're probably going to have a much tougher yeah. test with Alabama than Florida uh, state with their second or third string quarterback. But no doubt. you know, I, that's the thing. Alabama. Yes. Is playing really, really well right now. Ever since they went full on to Jalen Milrow, their quarterback, um, they've obviously they've turned around and they've moved all the way up the rankings and now they're in the playoff. They beat number one, Georgia. So yes, they're playing really well, but it's not like they're Alabama back when they were winning, seven straight national championships, you know, whatever. They're not like that world beater. This is going to be an impossible task type of thing. The The biggest thing is to me, it, it's going to come down to like most of these games. This isn't some wild take crazy. 
J.J. McCarthy is going to have to play his best game of the season. It, it's going to have to be because I don't think it's going to be Blake Corum running for 200 yards. I don't no. think it's going to be Donovan Edwards against Ohio State last year running for 200 yards. Yeah, they'll probably have a little success on the ground for sure. J.J. McCarthy is going to have to play his best game of the year. And you, you mentioned Iowa. He played well against Iowa, but it was a little like of a weird game because they yeah. threw the ball a lot. I love seeing it. They were throwing the ball a lot, but like it was all, it was a lot of short passes and the receivers weren't really getting open. And then there were some big drops. So it was just, it was a really weird game. So to me, that's all it is. I I think Milrow for Alabama is a really good quarterback. He's big. He can run. So Michigan's defense is going to have to step up, but it's, it's all JJ McCarthy to me. He he plays better. If he plays better than Milrow, Michigan's going to be fine. Yeah, they need McCarthy to be the guy that we've kind of thought he was. Uh, I, I go back and forth on him every week, man. This last game versus <laughs> Iowa, I get what you're saying. And Harbaugh said he played great in postgame. You know, that's Harbaugh kind of defending his guys. There was one throw that McCarthy – he has like one or two throws a game that are like, what were you even looking at? Like, and he got <laughs> one that went Iowa straight to the linebacker. Yeah, it was like what yeah. – like sometimes he does that where you think he's playing great and then he does something like that. It's like, how does that even happen? Are you just out there just like with your eyes closed, just like throwing it blindly? I don't know. So I'm very worried, just like we saw last year against TCU. We've talked about it for a whole calendar year now. I'm worried of those one or two back-breaking interceptions that mm-hmm. just leave you scratching your head uh, happening against Bama. And you can't have it against Bama. They can't turn the ball over against Bama. They're going to have to play pretty much a perfect game. We see it every year in these semifinal games, whether it's Georgia versus Oklahoma and whatever that was, 2016. You need like 35 points. These are always shootouts. You need 35 points to win this game. You yeah. can't rely on your defense. I'm not worried about the defense. They'll play well, as good as you can in that game at the fast track at the Rose Bowl, which seems to be a high-scoring game every year. But you're going to need McCarthy to make plays. And I, and I went through and did some digging because I, I just was shocked that we weren't able to run the ball in Iowa. I get Iowa has a good defense schematically, and they play hard, but they don't have SEC athletes over there on Iowa's defense. Bama will. Uh, and I just couldn't believe how we couldn't run the ball against I me. Mean, 31 rushes, not even 100 yards. Zach Center being out, obviously a big that loss. I think, I think Jones struggled a little bit at right tackle. Um, center was hurt, too. Those, but we those numbers, though, are with that. Well, McCarthy took like two or three really big sacks. So that oh, yeah, those rushing true. numbers are a little like skewed, skewed. but yep. it's not like they, they didn't like tear it up by any no, means. No, it's a fair point. So, yeah. but I'm just comparing from last year. We were set, we rushed for 177 yards per game last year on 5.6 yards per carry. This year, we're all the way down to 106 yards per game for 4.3. I don't even know how that's possible. We brought back everybody. Quorum came back from injury. I, that's been shocking to me all year, but they found a way to win regardless. But flat out, like you said, Matt, it's going to come down to JJ McCarthy. He's going to have to throw probably 30 plus passes. He's going to have to throw for probably 250 plus yards, three touchdowns. I mean, just being honest, that's what they're going to yeah. need from him if they want to win this game. Well, I'd, I'd like to see him get outside and run the ball yeah. a little bit more too. Yes. You know, that's a third weapon. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, he kind of had that banged up ankle. So maybe, yeah. you know, a month off, basically, he's going to be 100%. No, this is, you mentioned like, you know, you go back and forth on him a little bit. He's got the, what he's now like 26 and one as a starter or something (laughs) ridiculous. The only loss is against TCU. This is like, if you want to stamp yourself as the Michigan quarterback, go win a college football, go win a playoff game. Like, I don't even think it'd be like, obviously win a national title. If they go out there and beat Alabama, at the Rose Bowl in the playoff, and McCarthy has a really good game, 
I mean, you you can't make any argument about him as a quarterback. No. But right, if he goes out there like against, like against TCU, even though he battled back, even though after the pick sixes he did battle back against TCU. But I mean, we you can't argue that you know those pick sixes yeah. kind of lost the game against right. TCU. Mm-hmm. He can't do that. And Milrow, that's the other thing about Milrow. He is a little wild with with his throws. I mean, he he's turned the ball over a little bit, and really he lives and dies by chucking up deep balls. So. Yep. Michigan's defense is going to have to play really well. It's, you know, it's a quarterback be. they haven't seen all year, though. To be honest, they have right. not seen an athlete like Milrow, and that makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, I mean, we saw it last year against TCU. Get to the playoff, you know, Duggan uses his legs a little bit, extends plays, and next thing you know, Quentin Johnston's hitting, turning, taking five-yard catches and turning them into you know ninety-yard touchdowns. Right. So I am worried about that. I have seen the fact that they have Alex Orgy to kind of give them a look in practice. But yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a shocker, I think, to that defensive line, especially seeing that speed uh, and that athleticism up and up. So, close so close. do both you guys see this as being more of a shootout than a defensive battle? I think I Michigan wants it to be a defensive battle, but I just don't – it's just – I mean, we've not really seen that in a college football playoff game. Yeah. Hardly. Right. Maybe, it, maybe it's it like 31-10 someone wins, but it's usually 35-28 if it's okay. two teams go back and forth. Well, I was yeah, going to say, you know, that Iowa got all the pub and they do have a good defense. But, man, Michigan played lights out on defense. Though, against is. Iowa, you can't really consider too much. That's an awful, awful <laughs> offensive team. I can't believe it. Hey, how is, how is Deacon Hill a number, Division One quarterback? I no mean, he's, he's, he's probably a good quarterback, but, man. Yeah. Yikes. Shocking. I mean, yeah. their <laughs> offensive coordinator is literally, he's a, you know, quote unquote, dead man walking, literally resigned mid year. I mean, right. if you guys saw it, wasn't, and they were talking about it in the broadcast. It's, I follow a Twitter account called Sickos Community where they post an update right. of Brian Ferentz's climb yeah. to 250 points, which is what like he needs. The needed, price is right. Uh, to, yeah, to keep his job. <laughs> and it's, it's been stuck at like 180 for like the last like three or four What, what do you guys so. make of that? You know, the whole ultimatum thing. His I don't know why they did it. His dad's the whole head coach. I mean, First of all, why didn't Brian Ferenc say, take a hike? I'm out of here. Get another offensive coordinator. He could probably get a job in a Mac or something and still make I, decent money. I and then why know. did Kurt, why does dad put up with it? Is he going to, is he going to continue to coach? You think he's just going to walk at the end of this bowl game and say, see you later. You guys have screwed when me they, for the when last time. they announced time. it, I didn't think that was much of a bar to clear. I really didn't. 25 right. points. I mean, especially you get yeah. a couple of the cupcakes, uh, you light up, light up over 50 points. But my God, they never had that. Uh, well, it's, it's amazing. Went down, all went down. You know, a, they lost some some talent. <laughs> and Eric all went down. I think in like the first week of October, he's still leading them in receiving yards. It's right. like at two hundred ninety-five. <laughs> I can't imagine being an Iowa fan, man. Uh, my God, I love. I do love their defensive coordinator. Guy looked like a man possessed on the sidelines. <laughs> I, I don't know what his name was, but Phil they kept counting to him. Oh. Yeah. That guy could call a freaking defensive scheme, man. So oh, yeah. it was a fun game. I, it was a little bit of a snoozer, I'll be honest. Yeah, I didn't it view was. it that way going into it, but my God, it takes forever. The offense was sputtering out. Iowa was literally doing nothing on offense. I, I turned it off with a couple minutes left. I didn't even make it all the way through. Yeah. Let me ask you guys an old man type of question with uh, what's going on in college football right now. I mean, I'm going to continue watching it, but – it's kind of a setting itself up to be a disaster, isn't it? I mean, with the realignment of the leagues, uh, all these all these players. I mean, Ohio State's quarterback loses one game. He hits the transfer portal, right. seeing the writing on the wall. Do you think this whole scenario, the way they've let college football 
develop with nil and everything else and transfer portal, you think it's going to be a disaster? You think it's just, eh, just roll on. It's the way it is. It's not great. That's for sure. Um, The transfer portal and everybody said it, you know, we need some guidelines, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I look at the positives of it. I think it's really leveling the playing field all around. I mean, this college football playoff is as even as we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, from NIL quarterbacks are staying longer players are staying longer like if you're JJ McCarthy why the hell are you not staying five years right. at Michigan I, I, I get he has this high draft grade personally I don't see it maybe he'll prove me that wrong over these next couple games if they keep winning but uh, if you're him why would you not stay all five years that you possibly can or how, how much do you think he's be? making in nil is he making a couple mil I know Michigan's not necessarily at least from what I heard I don't I feel like their stuff has not been publicized. I feel like they're on a little bit lower end of some of the bigger power five schools like the SEC. But I, I, you would think if you're McCarthy, if you're a businessman, how are you not making a million dollars at least? Right. I would think. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like uh, they've like Blake Corum makes a good amount, but he does, he does seems like he does a lot more pushing to get the NIL. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's good and bad. I think, you know, with a lot of things it's, it's good and bad. These, these guys should have, like the freedom to transfer and be immediately eligible. I always thought it was weird. If a guy transferred, he had to sit out for a year before he could play. Like that was always strange, but it does kind of, you know, it hurts the bowl season. I used to love the bowl season and watch every bowl. Cause it was, you know, there, there was these cool matchups and you got to see some of these players like a Caleb Williams. You got to see him one more time in a mm-hmm. bowl game, but now you don't get to see that. Or even, you know, who knows Georgia, half of their team might not play in the bowl because they're going to the NFL. So it does kind of hurt it in that sense. So maybe it's perfect timing for the 12 team playoff because now more teams will be playing in the playoffs. So less, less people will sit out and transfer right away. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's football. I mean, we all know people are going to watch football regardless, Exactly. whether it's NFL, whether it's college football, it's always King, you know, in this country or whatever it, it, it does kind of hurt. It's like college basketball. It makes it tough with the one and done mm-hmm. every year. You're learning your team. Like every year going into Michigan basketball, I'm like, all right, who am I cheering for this year? You know, luckily he, there's, there's some years that a, a few guys have stayed for a year or two. So you, you know who you're cheering for. So in that sense, that's kind of what's a positive about this Michigan team. They've had a lot of guys. They have some really seasoned veterans on this team who, you know, you, you've been watching for a good three, four years. It does make it cool, kind of like what Jared said. I agree with the leveling the playing field because, you know, a, a team like, a you know, say Michigan State, their new coach can come in. If he hits the portal and, you know, gets three, four, five pretty good players, you can turn a program around pretty quickly. You know, so it's it's cool in that sense, but you know, it, it's it it makes it tough when I don't know. I I get probably the 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 old guy thing about you know you made a commitment to the school, stick it out. You know, especially the bowl. Like this is the season, go play in the bowl game. You like you committed to this season, but yeah, it's not even that so much, guys. It's just the fact that you're saying it's going to even out the field. Well, okay, the transfer portal can help even it out. I agree with that but it's not going to even it out at the top of the ladder, the top 10 teams. It's going to be the teams with the money. That's all there is to oh, it. Right. Well, that's it. I mean, think yeah, about that's where, though. that's where the guidelines with the NIL really need to come in. Cause some of these yeah. teams are trying to pay guys up front. Like exactly. uh, Matt, Matt rule, uh, Nebraska's head coach. He came out and said uh, a good quarterback in the transfer portal basically costs a couple million dollars, million. two, $3 million right off because the people, yeah. Like Ohio state, think about Ohio state right now. They, they just lost McCord. They're probably going after Dante Moore or, you know, some of these other quarterbacks. They're probably mm-hmm. having to tell these people, 
we're going to pay you $2 million if you come to this. So that, that yep. kind of stuff is a little messed up. Cause then also you wonder, are the players getting taken advantage of, like, are they actually getting that money or, you know, are they just being lied to, to come play a season at Ohio state or whatever? Right. So yeah, cause they can't have an agent. They can't have and, an agent, right? So and, and if they had an agent, maybe they could protect them. Right. I get what you're saying where you, you would think it's, yeah, it is kind of basically going to those top 10 teams or whatever, top 15, but college ball was, has been lopsided my whole life where it's basically it was just Georgia or Bama right. and nobody could even compete because they were getting all the recruits coming in, getting churned around, getting ready for the NFL in three years. This is at least somewhat more, it, whatever, if it's 10 teams now, that's mm-hmm. way better than what it's been my entire life. So it's a mm-hmm. lot more level. Yeah. I mean, I think, Michigan, I think one thing Michigan, too, you no, go ahead. Yeah. I was, you mentioned the conference realignment. There's going to be some amazing Saturdays of college football when you, when you think about the matchups you know now we we get so many of the Illinois versus Michigan or you know Alabama versus Vanderbilt you know those kind of now it's going to be every Saturday is going to be Texas LSU Michigan USC Oregon versus Ohio right. State awesome. you know all these like insane matchups so the conference realignment while it's weird seeing mm-hmm. Washington, Oregon, UCLA, you know, those USC in the big 10, it just makes no sense. Yeah. There's going to be some pretty cool games. The TV networks are going to love it. That's for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, And just got to finish my thought for sure. Yeah. It's think about Michigan. All right. Think about Michigan. They were a damn good team, right? They had some core pieces that they've yeah. had now for two, three years, but think about all the pieces they've added in the portal. I mean, AJ Barner, yeah. this offensive line. I mean, we, we, we replenish this offensive line like every year now in the portal with some of the best guys around the country, you know, Virginia, one of the schools that we've plucked from before. Mm-hmm. So I, the, the portal is a good thing for us, Michigan fans. And we've, we can't complain. We've lost hardly anybody to the portal. I mean, look right, at Ohio right. state today, look at Michigan yeah. state. It's like they've right. lost their whole damn team. So as long as Harbaugh's here, he seems to be doing something right on keeping these guys there. Even guys like Donovan Edwards, who you would think, you know, haven't been given the back seat kind of last two years. I think in any other program, if he's on Ohio state and they lose to Michigan, he's out. So it's just impressive they've been able to hold on to these guys and add to their team. Yeah, he was even asked about that, and he says, uh, you know, I can't complain we're winning. You know, he had had the right answer, you know. Yeah, my playing time isn't what I wanted it to be, but that's okay. We're winning. I mean, you could look at it that way. You know, I don't know what he's thinking, but he is getting to play, and if he's getting to stay healthy, he's going to go to the NFL. You know, he's going to get drafted in the NFL. So, like, he's going to be nice and fresh when he gets to the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get off college football and talk uh, Detroit Lions, just I wanted to send a shout out. You know, we uh, we were pretty uh, animated and vocal on the, the Northwestern situation with Pat Fitzgerald. But how about their head coach, David Braun, stepping in there, right. coach of the year, seven and five, righted the ship there, which is amazing. I'm not sure I would like to play Utah in the bowl game, but hey, we'll see what happens. But a, a great Fun job match, turning right. it around. It really is. Uh, I think he's going to win Coach of the Year awards, or if he shouldn't, he he should. Or if he isn't, he should. Right. I mean, that was a program that was lost. Uh, really was. I mean, one in eleven last year. The whole scandal this off season. Right. It really is incredible. It, it, yeah. Damn good job by David Braun. So yeah. yeah, kudos to them for sure. Without a yeah, doubt. It, it'd be and hard not to give him the Big Ten Coach of the Year. Given, <laughs> I mean, when you look at their record, you'd be like, why are you giving that team the the Coach of the Year? But because because of everything they've been through. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And Harbaugh didn't coach enough games to be eligible. So <laughs> by the way, do you just gut feel, just gut feel. Do you guys think he's back? Do you think he's NFL bound? What do you think's gonna happen? 
Man, I, I don't I don't know if anyone has any sort of read on that. My my gut would be yes, he's back because I I think he's genuine in how much he loves Michigan. I think he really mm-hmm. loves coaching Michigan. All the BS with the transfer portal, everything we just talked about. He talks about revenue sharing all the time, and you know the, he was one of the he brought up the transfer portal when it all began. So right, I think he loves the recruiting and college football and all of that stuff. But you wonder if he still wants to get back to the NFL and go for another Super Bowl. But well, he's they better also sign him. They better sign him soon. Yeah, sign him. He's also getting older. So, you know, like going to an NFL franchise like the Bears or, you know, something like that mm-hmm. and trying to start over in the NFL, you know, does he really want to do that? Whereas right now he's got Michigan rolling. Yeah. If the, the next contract, I don't think they, he's leaving. the next contract they give him better be blank check what do you want <laughs> you know 10 years i i really you know it's kind of funny they tried to destroy michigan with this scandal and yeah. i think it made them stronger mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think if that didn't happen i wouldn't i would have said probably harbaugh's gone this right. offseason. i really would have but the way that the president stepped behind him we've worried a lot about uh the ad relationship with ward manual he stepped behind him did a great job through this whole thing so i think that meant a lot to harbaugh i really do and i and i think he's here for the long haul you know whether i mean whatever the long haul is for him i mean he is old I don't know if he wants to do this for the rest of his life, but man, I hope he does it the rest of his life uh, wearing the block M on his chest because yep. he's got this program humming. Now he it's does. time to win a college football playoff game. There's yeah. no excuses. Yeah. Um, let's just do a thought experiment real quick. If they lose this game, I mean, the season was a disappointment. Yeah, we had a nice oh, little 100%. kind of buffer with the whole scandal and how it kind of made those Penn State games, those Ohio State games mean even that much more. And those were very sweet. But this is a team that brought everybody back. Bama's the worst they've been in a long time. Georgia, worst they've been in a long time. The SEC is down this year, even still being pretty goddamn good. So this is the year to do it. It really is. So if they don't do it this year, it's probably never happening. No, this has to be the year you at least win a playoff game. And really, I almost say if you don't win the national championship, it's a disappointment because you have – a guy like JJ McCarthy coming back. I mean, we've seen this. This is the best quarterback. Even though you, you know, you say you flip flop a little bit on McCarthy week to week. This is the best quarterback Harbaugh has had since he's been at Michigan. You have no yeah. idea. Even though they have some pretty big recruits coming in at the quarterback spot, you don't know how they're going to develop and all that kind of stuff. You have a JJ McCarthy. You have Blake Corum came back. You've got Donovan. Everything. All these defenders that came back for this. If you don't win, minimum beat Alabama. I almost even say if you don't win the national title, it's a, it's a major disappointment right. because also you look at their schedule next year. I almost oh. say there's no way they're going undefeated next year. No you know, way. No, no way. If McCarthy leaves, you know, who knows, but even if he right. comes back, you don't know what's going to happen with that schedule they have. So you have to take advantage of this season. Yeah. You have to. I agree. I also no, they hope, do have I hope. I was just going to say, hopefully they've learned a little bit from the last two playoff appearances. Like we remember they, they ran that wild double reverse tight end pass on fourth down against TCU that got sacked. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple other kind of weird play calls in that TCU game. Almost felt like they were trying to get a little cute. So hopefully, I mean, we're just sitting here on a podcast. We had, you know, a couple of Michigan fans or whatever, but hopefully they can look back and be like, all right, <laughs> What do we have to do differently? Because we're about to go up against Nick Saban. You give Nick Saban yeah. 30 days to prepare for oh you. Good luck. And, and something that um, I threw out way earlier in the year, and Ted, this is one of the only times you actually said, wow, nice take. So I think it's <laughs> worth repeating as we go along this whole game and 
And I think this game uh, against Bama, Michigan needs to come out swinging. They really do. They mm-hmm. cannot be. Yeah. They cannot come out slow like they did against TCU. No. I mean, to comp it to the kind of that Corona State Championship, man. I mean, time you get your wits about you and the speed of the game, you're down two scores. It's too late. You can't right. have yeah. that happen. No. Nope. Uh, and I said it last year, and I said it now. The fact that Michigan did not get to play Georgia and kind of see that speed, see that physicality up close and personal, I really think it hurts them this year. And I, and as I just said said the importance of starting strong against Bama, I think that's something to look at is if the start of that game, that first quarter, Bama looks like men among boys. Don't be surprised if Michigan kind of dominates the next three quarters, but by then it's too late because they needed that kind of jolt uh, to get used to it. But one quick story I want to share on Samaj Morgan, actually, who's uh, from West Bloomfield. He's been lighting it up for Michigan as a true freshman. The kid doesn't lack confidence. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean – Time interview, man. Anytime you grab him after the game. So last year, West Bloomfield, uh, he was at West Bloomfield last year. Uh, the West Bloomfield or Southfield AT, we were covering this game. Um, he their starting quarterback request Nance got hurt. So he had to go in and play quarterback when normally he's a wide receiver, like defensive back. They're in a battle, back and forth game. Game comes down to the wire. They have like a fourth and probably 20 from their from Southfield AT's 25-yard line or something like that. So it's whether they're gonna take a field goal and tie the game or try to score a touchdown uh to go ahead. They call a timeout. It's going back and forth. Their head coach, the older guy, Thomas Grice, uh, they're arguing on the sideline. We're covering this whole thing live. They're arguing. He's like waving the field goal unit off the field at quarterback, saying we're going for this. Coaches said they're arguing. Finally, the coach just kind of shakes his head, like waves back at him, said, fine, go for it. <laughs> Fourth and 20, he's quarterback. Makes like almost a Manziel-type play. Evades two or three rushers. Throws it deep. Corner of the end zone. Perfect pass. Touchdown. They end up winning the game. He comes off the field. And he's just losing his mind, ripping his helmet off, you know, hyping up the crowd. The coach grabs him, kind of, <laughs> him, hey, don't do that again. He kind of one up the coach. Coach grabbed him, put him underneath his arm. He like pushes the coach off, goes right back to hyping up the crowd. Uh, so it's just unbelievable. Like that confidence is something I've seen in West Bloomfield. I mean, Dylan Tatum, best player in Michigan State, defensive back. Donovan Edwards, obviously, we know how good he's been. Dylan, uh, Samaj Morgan, we're seeing him as a true freshman contribute. Uh, the kid we talked about, Brandon Davis Swain, at the start of the year for West Bloomfield. Uh, he's going to Colorado. It set the state record for most sacks in a career. I mean, I don't know what's in the water at West Bloomfield. Wow. Uh, all I know is if you're Jim Harbaugh, get on the phone with Davis Swain and do whatever you can to get the Sid to come to Michigan because these guys are getting to college and contributing right away, L- let alone Matt Judon, who's a pro bowler in the NFL right. in the New England. Conference. So hmm. West Bloomfield, man, shout out. How about that? Yeah, yeah that's that's all an right. awesome story. I didn't know that story, but that punt return he had, I mean, that, yes. that was probably the, that was the biggest play of the Big Ten Championship, you know? Did you watch that film, the playback, where the guy that caught him came yeah. downfield, missed the tackle originally, got up and yeah. caught him downfield? And that's a wild, wild like Western kid. Uh, let yeah. me get his name. Number yeah, was, yeah I, saw, I saw someone tweet out. I saw someone tweet out that they, I think they were in the same class, and it was a reporter. Uh, I'm blanking on who it was, but they tweeted out that after they saw that play, they tried to right. go back and look up and see if Morgan and that defensive back for Iowa, like if they ever ran mm-hmm. track against each other or something like that, right? Uh, that would have been a heck of a race. But Col- no, that was Colin wild because he not only did he miss the tackle, but he like fell down. So he was yeah, out. Was the a, he took a dive. Got up. <laughs> that's how. And then still chased him down. Amazing. That's how Iowa, with absolutely zero athleticism, is a damn good team that goes that wins ten games every year. I mean, that's it personified, really. Yeah. And his name was Cohen Entringer. E-N-T-R-I-N-G-E-R. Yeah. Shout out to him. 
A lot of people thought it was the punter that tackled him, but hell no. That was just nothing but uh, guts. Uh, You know, we get long-winded here, guys, but let's talk a little (laughs) bit about the Lions before we move on to the next topic. The Lions, much-needed 33-28 win. Wasn't pretty, wasn't uh, vintage, but they got it done and got the W. And anytime you get a W, like Campbell says, in the NFL, you'll take it. Especially on the road, especially when we know the Vikings have come on, the Packers are definitely coming on. Yeah, much better. At this point, when you're the Lions, you'll take take any win you can. And, you know, you said it wasn't pretty. It was pretty in the first five minutes of the game. Well, that's true. That's true. When they went up 21 0, and then it got a little ugly there because the Saints (laughs) came back and made it a game. But, hey, man, Jared, you said week to week, you flip flop on JJ McCarthy. Week to week, I'd almost say play to play. I flip flop on Jared Goff right. because mm-hmm. he it's kind of like what you said about McCarthy. He makes a couple throws every game where you're just like, what were you looking at? It's the same with Goff, like a couple throws yep. every game. You're just like, dude, you are, you're actually not good at all. But then he makes a couple throws or a handful of throws in the game right. that you're just like, man, you can throw darts. I mean, he, he has a ton of talent he made a couple plays. I've, I know I've ripped him for his mobility. He made a couple he plays. Some plays. Yeah, yeah, he made a couple of plays Sunday against the same. I mean, the game-winning play basically, mm-hmm. um, where he had to scramble and then he hit. You know, on the on uh, was that third down or was it? It was a fourth down, wasn't it? Did they go for it on fourth? But anyway, it was no, it was the last drive of the game. Yeah, it was they, third. It was third, right? And you know, he had to scramble. He was basically getting hit, and he flipped it to Josh Reynolds. Yeah. So anyway, Jared Goff still not buying his jersey. Not not hanging it like all those jerseys Ted's got hung up behind him there, not doing right, that. Right, right. But uh he, he played a great game on Sunday. And you know I will say this, he's better. We know he's not gonna lead the league in rushing, scrambling out of the pocket. But right. the one thing he did in that game that I was impressed with that you gotta do if you're a non-mobile quarterback, instead of looking two or three times and then just you're bewildered, step up in the pocket. Right. And he did that a couple of times. That buys you more time. You He's know? a maestro yep. in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> He's not athletic at all. No. But like you said, Matt, that you're exactly right. That last play, he did a great job extending the play, yep. stepping up and making a good throw. He did a great job of that, man. Uh, Goff, we, we can go back and forth on him. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the offense, really. It's no. this defense. And yeah. I mean, we talk about it every week. Flat out, can I ask you guys honestly, if this team was wearing Vikings jerseys, would you not be be saying like they're going to lose round one of the playoffs? Honest to God, if I if they were took off, take your Lions bias aside. The way they're winning every week, it leaves like a it's weird because we're not used to them winning. I don't want to complain about a nine and three team. I feel spoiled for doing that. Mm-hmm. But when they win these games, especially last this past Sunday against the Saints, you leave that game going. I don't know, man. I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about this Packers team that's starting to light it up. That just beat KC. That we're probably going to have to face in that first wild card game. I don't know. It's just a little bit nervous. Uh, they're not winning these games prettily, which, and you guys said it the best. I don't that's not even a word, but you said it right. <laughs> Anytime you win in the NFL, it's a good thing, but my God, I don't know. These wins seem a little bit hollow. Mm-hmm. The one, the one thing to me would be, hopefully they keep playing well and, and things keep going the way it's trending and they get to host that first playoff game. That's the one thing to me. They definitely play better at home at Ford field than they do uh, basically everywhere else. So that would be the one thing to me. And then hopefully a big thing, their defense is awful. Everyone knows that, but hopefully Anzalone will be able to come back in a week or two. You know, his, his his injury isn't that serious, but James Houston and Gardner Johnson are supposed to come back, especially Gardner Johnson. James Houston, I think is a little iffy. 
those two coming back, if they can contribute, would be huge because James Houston would help that defensive line. <laughs> and then Gardner Johnson obviously is a really good, you know, defensive back safety, you know, whatever he can. Who, who was number 51? 51 had a pretty solid game and they just got him active, right? Yeah. Bruce Irvin. Yeah. Yeah. They just well, picked him up. Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Old, old dude. So that was a great signing. I mean, that, that helps. So that's what I mean. They're, even if all those guys I listed come back and contribute, they're still not going to be the 85 bears. They're, the right. offense is still going to have to score 35, 38 points to win. But at home, I think they can do that. If they have to go on the road. I, right. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying about at home. But, Ted, I mean, you saw on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. If True. things go south, that home crowd, you know they're going to be. Like, if it's 7-0. Yeah. I so hate I worry that. about home game yeah. i really do especially against like a packers against right. a Packers or a vikings team that were clearly better than if it doesn't go you know smoothly i really think that crowd could turn and be a detractor of the lions instead of yeah. something that's like giving them some juice we're, really we're going to learn a lot on what they're what they're going to do in the playoffs when they do get to the cowboys one thing i do like though is man the cowboys always has been america's team Detroit Lions this year seems to be America's team. I mean, they they moved them up to a Saturday night game, prime awesome. time. Uh, th- they moved another game, the Vikings game, I think, to Sunday night football. Yeah, you know, they flexed that one out. So, hey, I love it. Hey, yeah, I, th- I can't did, wait for that game. Both of those games. I mean, the, both the Vikings games, that Broncos game, got interesting all of a sudden, and of course mm-hmm. the Cowboys. It, it's kind of setting up that because the Rams have kind of come on. Yeah, it they it could be Matthew Stafford in the Rams coming to Detroit in the first round of, of that playoffs. today. That, yeah. That's a possibility. That now that could be a recipe for a loss. Dude, they would beat us. They're they're be yeah, they're beating us. You yeah, know, I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you might as well take the L right now. That's like I was saying about Michigan uh, against Bama earlier. If uh, it was in New Orleans, that's how I feel. If Stafford and the Rams come to town, my, that's a loss. I don't know though. Maybe golf will rise to the occasion that day, huh? Maybe it would it would be like forty five to forty five. It's how right. they live to win that game. Yeah. Um, but but like but you, you know, said, Jared, but they're nine and three. Ted Ted no, we all know. Yeah. Lions sitting at nine and three, first place to the, of the division, a few games up. You will take that any day. Yeah. <laughs> take that Heck any yeah, day. for sure. Only one behind it, the Eagles now after their loss to the 49ers. But I don't know if I'd want to play the 49ers anytime soon. Well, either. yeah. So you nope. me- like it really you mentioned that Cowboys game. I mean, Eagles are at 10 and 2 right now. Lions nine and three. San Fran nine and three. Cowboys nine and three. Yeah. Easily could be that that if you and we've talked about it. If you really want to win the Super Bowl, you got to get that by that second to last game of the year at Jerry World. Could be have a buy on the line for the playoffs. It so could. That, that, that's basically a playoff game before the playoffs even start. Yep. Yeah, and then, I mean, I was going to say one more thing on the Lions. How about Laporta? Man, he just continues Stud. to produce from that tight end position. What a great draft choice that ended up being. He he is everything that uh, they thought he would be. He's he is. I I think he without if they wouldn't have picked him, I don't know if they'd be where they are right now. He just makes right. so many of those big third down catches. Golf seems to go to him every Loves third him. down almost, and all the draft picks, Gibbs. Jamison Williams, they're finally finding ways to use Jamison Williams. Yes. And, um, you know, Jack Campbell's kind of coming on. So all these draft picks Holmes is making are, seem to be paying off. They're paying off. Let's hope they keep rolling. All right, guys, let's uh, let's take a little break and hop right into a quick prep spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. 
Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, guys, we'll zip right through this. Brought to you by the Jacobs Insurance Agency. It is the Prep Spotlight. We'll start in high school hoops. It's hard to believe. We had the Corona State Championship game on Sunday, and we follow that up with our first Friday night basketball game. So looking at basketball, Perry improved to 2-0. They downed Byron 66-26. Tristan Cup had uh, Krupp had 23. DJ Jinx 21. Chessonine looks like they're going to be good again. 47-38 over Ithaca. Mason Struck had 13. It was New Lothrop over Morris by 2, 32-30. Ovid Elsie down Owasso 56-31. Canyon Walker gets his first W as after replacing Josh Latz, Tucker Loins had 14 points. What's important about that is he acknowledged uh, being named player of the game on the three-point podcast re-listen. That's pretty cool, isn't that. it? Yeah, that is cool. Have- I, I didn't know that you guys did that. I knew you I, – I've heard you during football games do a, yeah. like a player of the game. I didn't know you did it in basketball too. Really cool. Yeah. And then also in hoops, uh, Langsburg looks like they're going to be good again. They downed Hazlitt 69-48 All-State guard Xander Woodruff. 29 points and he's the real deal i don't know where he's going to end up playing i mean i don't know if it's a a a top caliber division one but i think he can play like at a central or a western somewhere like that i don't know who's out recruiting him but he's a pretty good ball player on lanky and he can freaking fill it up and he's he's a 30 point scorer yes and he can handle the ball good too so they're going to be they got a brand new head coach this year too so they're going to make some noise i think they're a little bit banged up right now but when they get healthy watch out for them also just uh before we wrap up this segment 
some fall season awards by the Argus Press. Byron's Mason Struck was named Mr. Soccer, 23 goals, 7 assists. Also from Byron, Haley shot Miss Volleyball, 392 kills, 86 aces. And by the way, I've named them Mr. Soccer and Miss Volleyball. But uh, Perry Jr., Edison, <laughs> Lampron, Miss Golf, she averaged 47.5 strokes for nine holes. That's pretty good. She beat me anytime, yeah. any day. Uh, Langsburg sophomore Noah Devereaux named Mr. Cross Country, edging out Owasso's Simon Erforth. And congrats to Corona diver Emma Kirky, who qualified for the state diving finals for the fourth straight year. So congrats to them. Uh, anything on the state level, Jared, here as we get ready for yeah. the uh, winter yeah. season? Yeah, I'll just share, share one quick. So on Friday, we had the opportunity to go to Monte Morris's Flint Beecher jersey retirement oh, uh, yeah. at Beecher. Awesome, awesome crowd uh, in event. I mean, Monte Morris, he's a legend. The entire Pistons team was there. Monty Williams was there. Uh, it's just really cool to see. I mean, he, Ted, I mean, you saw him in his prime, man. Against Senior Lansburg. year. Yep. That's, a, that's a high school basketball legend yes. uh, in the state who really left, uh, you know, a legacy behind at Beecher. I mean, Mike Williams, his, his coach, who's now the coach of Davidson, was at the event. I'm pretty sure he had a game for Davidson that night, but he just skipped it. Yeah, uh, He was kind of telling a story during that, basically saying how he talked to Monte when he came to the beach as a freshman. Uh, and he said, very first play of the game, Monte, I want you to go and shoot a three-pointer three and let them know you're here. Look to the crowd, <laughs> let them know you're here. Uh, and he basically talked about how, you know, they talked about dreaming. I have all these banners on the wall, uh, state championships. They were able to hang two of them. You know, Ted, you called that famous game against Langsburg. Yeah, the Jordan flu game for Monty Morris. So it was really cool to kind of see that. And I mean, that's a guy that I was, you know, middle school, seventh, sixth, seventh grade, watching his career pan out, you know, 20 minutes up the road. Really cool to kind of see this full circle moment where now he's back with the Pistons. Uh, and he's been a 10 year, basically 10 year NBA vet. So pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully get on the court pretty soon. Right. Yeah. I almost was going to send out a nasty tweet, but I, I thought better of it. I always like to think about things a little bit before I do it. Cause I was, you know, very cool. The Pistons were there to watch him. Well-deserved award, but I almost tweeted. Yeah. Maybe the team should have rented some gym space there and practice a little bit. <laughs> what do you it's want? True. What's worse that they don't go? I mean, what do you, what do you want? No, no, I, I was just being snarky. They definitely, yeah, yeah. it's cool. They went, you know, yeah, just being a cool. smart ass. Definitely a cool event. I did see that. Um, Coach Herrick won D five Coach of the Year. Yes, um, pretty cool. I mean, I think he they're they're racking up a ton of awards. All the players that got yeah, all state. I, say, all I mean, it's they're never ending. Yeah, I, right. I, I and I I'll say Eddington got named to all state all divisions, which that's oh, impressive, man. Probably the only corona player to ever have that happen. To be honest, yeah. that is impressive. Wow, I didn't see that one. Good linebacker. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he plays. That's for sure. He's definitely going to be, be a, a good asset to one of the schools out there trying to get him signed up. Mm -hmm. Hey, before we move off the prep spotlight, I did forget to say congratulations to Jim Leland, Hall of Famer now. I mean, I think well-deserved. I mean, no, there's oh, yeah. a lot of mixed feelings from different Tiger fans. He didn't ever win the championship with the Tigers. No, legend. He is a legend, man. I he's think definitely so. a legend. I, he was, I mean, he was great with the Pirates. He was great with the Marlins. And obviously, he was great with the Tigers. Never got the big one with the Tigers. But, no, he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the one video, and I saw people circulating it, what, when he cusses out Barry Bonds. Classic. Oh, right. I mean, Classic. that guy didn't give an F about anything, nope. man. He was just going to do it, the job to the best of his ability. doesn't matter who you are. He was going to let you hear it if you deserve it. So, very cool. Yeah, another good quick story on the Tigers, too. They re-signed AJ, gave him a, an extension, so he's sticking around for this finish of this rebuild. Got to love that. Hopefully, hopefully it's a finish of the rebuild and, you know, things 
we'll talk about it more as we get closer to baseball season, but hopefully it's a a page turned. We all love Miggy for sure. He's my favorite tiger ever, but hopefully it's a page turned with him retiring his contract coming off the books. Hopefully they can kind of now move on, get things going. Yeah. We'll save, we'll save some baseball talk for a little further here in the winter. By the way, I did reach out to the tigers and Benetti is going to join us and uh, they're going to hook up an interview. So We'll oh, be wow. able to talk to their new uh, play-by-play guy on Bally. How about that? Nice. That is awesome. How, when when is this happening? And this is new well, to us. I know it is. I was going to give a surprise for you, but the, the PR person there for the Tigers just because I was trying to get him on right after the announcement, and right. uh, they said, "Hey, give it a little time here because he still has other duties." But we get a little closer to spring training, we'll hook you up. So yeah, awesome. he's a little he's a little busy with college football and stuff too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I guess we mixed in a little bit with the prep spotlight, but again, we want to thank Jacobs Insurance Agency for being our sponsors for this segment. And let's wrap up the podcast with a little bit of entertainment tonight, right after this. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. All right, guys, uh, I got a couple things. I'm not going to ramble on about it, but uh, I don't think we talked about the Amazon Prime Bye Bye Barry, but uh, I loved it. I loved it. It showed every every highlight. Maybe they didn't get into some in-depth things some local people maybe think they should have, but I thought it was very well done. It was cool to see Barry, his family, all the highlights. It, it was awesome. So that I, I haven't watched it yet, and I, I'm definitely going to. Just haven't had time, you know, since it came yeah, out. Because you've been busy. <laughs> Barry Barry Sanders is my favorite favorite football player ever, so I'm, I'm gonna watch it at some point. But that that's some of the criticism that I've seen is that some people said they wanted they wanted to know why he retired. We you know people were like, we want to know the dirt. We want to right. know why why you stepped away. How the Lions wronged you you know, all that kind of stuff. And it, you know, I, yeah, I'd be interested to know maybe something like that, but it's also kind of like, man, move on. Everyone has moved on. Barry has moved on. He's still around the team. He comes around the team all the time. He comes at practices and, you know, training camp. So it's kind of like, this is just a cool look at this legendary guy, but one of the best running backs ever. Let's just reflect on his career and everyone moved on. I don't know. So I, I, I was kind of glad that they didn't get into all the dirt and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I can't imagine Barry Sanders saying a mean thing. Uh, I don't know. He just seems like such a <laughs> nice, nice guy. He really does. I haven't seen the doc yet either. Um, I'll be curious because I don't really know. You know, I have seen all the Barry Sanders highlights, but it'll be cool to kind of see a career retrospective of what he really was like and what those teams were like because I really don't know anything about him. Yeah. I just know he made people miss. Uh, they, he couldn't tackle him. Yeah. He had some good players on that 91 team. That was as close as to the Super Bowl they were ever going to get until maybe this year or next year. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, most of – there really wasn't a lot of dirt. It was more of the front office 
made some bonehead moves. They could have signed Joe Montana. Joe Montana wanted to play for the Detroit Lions than when he right. signed with the Chiefs. He still had a year or two in him. You know, they had Scott Mitchell. They could have had Joe Montana. That was just yeah. one of the things, you know. So the yeah, I saw office... an interview. I, I saw an interview with Barry um, when when the documentary came out, and someone I, I forget if it was McAfee or because he was making his rounds. He was on basically every show. But whoever it was that that was interviewing asked him, "Did you know about the Joe Montana thing at the time, or when did you find out?" And he was like, "I didn't find out until basically after he retired." Yeah, and it, he was, told him. Right. He's like, uh, did that piss you off? He's like, well, yeah, it's Joe Montana. <laughs> but right. To, to Jared's point, yeah, he didn't say anything right. mean. He didn't say anything bad. No. Did you get you guys see had to see that uh, Scott Mitchell came out after the, the documentary came out and was basically he went off and was basically <laughs> like, screw all you Lions fans that said, I'm the reason Barry not a, never got a Super Bowl. All that kind of stuff. It was like, oh, geez. That, Dude, every time me. one of these docs come out, these people are pissed about it. Every yeah. time. There's former players that are pissed. I got to watch it again because I, I not it didn't jump out to me that they badmouthed Scott Mitchell. He must have, I think he read between the lines a little bit when they were talking about the contracts because he is the one guy that got the big mega contract. He well, was supposed to be the quarterback savior, and he wasn't. Right. He was okay. Well, right. you were just saying that you basically would have taken a Joe Montana at 48 years old or however he was before he went to the Chiefs <laughs> over Scott Mitchell. I mean, well, why what, wouldn't what more, you? what more do you want to <laughs> right. say? Uh, why the, why the hell you take Tom Brady? I didn't even know Joe Montana played for the Chiefs. I mean, what are we talking about? He yeah, took he him to the playoffs. playoffs. <clears throat> yeah. I guess so, I'll find that out in the doc. So. You will. I won't give any more spoilers. I got one other thing. This is along the lines of music. You know, I still watch Saturday Night Live and their musical guest this week was Noah, is it Cahan? I don't, have you heard of him? I've heard of him, but I don't know much. I don't know. That's kind of even a little bit too young for me. At wow. He's really good. I mean, it's, it's you know, they they rocked it out, man. It was excellent. So I, I, I'm going to listen to some more of his music on Spotify, and I might even go see him in concert. I mean, it was really, really good. So just a little musical tip for you. Was on All SNL right. this last week. He played a hey, couple can songs. Always, can always rely on you for keeping SNL afloat yeah. <laughs> in entertainment tonight. Hey, well, you know, uh, that's one I'll, thing they've done forever is they break new artists, you know. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. But this guy is going to be around a while, I think. He's got a decent band behind him, and they have a lot of fun on the stage. I'd, I'd definitely pay to see them. So Awesome. Yeah, it, no, fan, or um, sorry, uh, SNL does always get good music guests. My one thing is, and you know it's not like a full-on concert, you know, stuff like right. that. Sometimes when I like uh, recently the Foo Fighters were on and so I stayed up to watch and, you know, there's been a couple other artists that I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch because these are people I want to see. And it's very underwhelming sometimes. I was, I was disappointed with the Foo Fighters. I was. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's not a full stage. It's, you know, they're, I don't know. Sometimes it's a little bit like, all right, this was cool, but. Right. Eh. I was going to bring one up, not for you guys not to watch. Don't waste your time. So. Ed, Ed Helms, you know, obviously oh, very funny dude. The Office obviously made him famous. Been in a bunch of other movies. And Jennifer Garner, again, one of one super, super good actress. There, I, We came across on, on Netflix. It was straight to Netflix. It's called Family Switch. And we were kind of in the mood for uh, like a Christmas movie, rom-com type of thing. We didn't want to go back and watch the 100 Christmas movies that we've watched a million times. So we're like, oh, cool. You know, straight to Netflix, Jennifer Garner, Ed Helms. Christmas movie, awesome. Family switch. It's a whole it's a whole storyline with like, you know, 
the family's ungrateful for each other, the kids' bodies, the, the kids and the parents basically switch places. Freaky Friday and, for the four hundredth time, basically. Yeah. <laughs> And it was the whole time I'm sitting there like, this isn't even really a Christmas movie. This is like Die Hard. It just takes place at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. Uh, I'd give it, I mean, basically like maybe a 0.5 out of three. If you, if you want to waste an hour and a half and, you know, you have nothing else to watch, sure, give it a go. But no, don't, don't waste it. Like there wasn't even really very many funny parts. Yeah. It was just, I was really surprised. I was like, you know, Jennifer Garner, Ed Helms, this is going to be pretty funny. No, it wasn't. Ed Helms is really since, I don't know, I feel like his career could have gone one of two ways. And I still love him. I still think he's a good actor. He's funny as hell. I mean, he's gone over this Adam Sandler, like, route of, like, these slapstick comedies that mm -hmm. are just, like, horrendous. I mean, I saw yeah. him in whatever it was, the National Lampoon, like, Vacation remake. Oh. That movie was horrendous. So I'm guessing this was probably along those same yep. kind of stupid comedy lines. And right. I'm sick of those type of movies, man. It's yep. just horrible. I know you got a review of something, yep. uh, Jared, but let me just jump in since Matt put teed it up for me. Speaking of Christmas movies, my wife said something the other day about, oh, I, I really want to get watching some Christmas movies. I said, well, yeah. Eddie, Murphy, Eddie Murphy's got one out. Let's check it out on Amazon. Oh, not good. It's called, like, it's called like Candy Cane or something like that? Candy Cane Lane. Yep. Oh. Eddie Murphy, uh, He he's on a mission to win this $100,000 after losing his job to have the best decorated house. And he ran into an evil elf, and it goes from there. Yeah. And it, uh, Dude, I, I don't even... You know, if you're going to watch it, with kids like my grandkids i could tolerate it but my wife and i two elder statesmen if you will <laughs> to sit down and waste an hour and a half with the premise it's eddie murphy you know i didn't look anything right. up but no it that is a bad omen for this beverly hills cop remake that's coming out with you eddie might murphy. be right i saw the pictures of him wearing the detroit lions jacket it's awesome but yep. you know it's gonna be terrible probably along the same lines of what Ed Helms movie was yeah. and whatever this Christmas cane, Christmas candy, candy cane lane, lane 1.5. <laughs> I at least give it 1.5. Um, all right. I got one more review. We're going long. So I'll, I'll make this quick. I wanted to be, maybe be a little bit more brevity to this, but yes. uh, it is what it is. So Barb, <laughs> so Barbie, I saw it. Okay. Oh, we're back to Barbie. Okay. Yeah. Last time we'll probably talk about it forever. Um, <laughs> two out of three thumbs up. Entertaining. Okay. Had some good laughs. You know, the message to me, it was a good message. Mm -hmm. I think it was a funny premise. Basically, what, what they play off of the whole movie is that Barbie land is ran by women. You know, real life is ran by men. Mm -hmm. And every joke, every laugh is basically playing off of that fact. I think it's funny in, in theory, but my God, it was so on the nose the whole damn time. Like, it was like yeah. spelling it out. Like, you would have thought that it was like third graders watching this movie. <laughs> the way every joke, like, it wasn't like they hinted at it and really made it come home it was like every time they hammered it, hammered it over your head like 10 times what's going on and it's a funny i really think it's still a good movie it entertained me i watched the whole thing loved it thought it was a really funny movie had some good parts to it but i think it was a you know a c movie that margot robbie and ryan great ryan gosling who were perfect castings mm -hmm. made it a b but i think it, the premise and with those two guys head, headlining it it could have been an a movie and and i think it was like a b minus b I enjoyed it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. The color of the movie, the music, the Barbie yeah. land, everything was awesome. The set was awesome. Mm -hmm. Will Ferrell, his whole crew, I thought they had some funny moments that I enjoyed. Uh, but just at the end of the day, just my God, I can't stand when movies like make you feel like an idiot. That's how it felt. And it felt like it was just hammering it over your head, like what the premise of this was. When if they would have maybe cut that in half and really made those moments really you know, sting, it could have been a lot better. 
but it still was good. And it wasn't a movie made for me. It's a woman. It's a movie made for women. Right. Um, so I, it was a good movie. I was entertained by it. I get why some people maybe were turned off of it. At the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I was like, man, I don't know if I'll make it through this. Got better. It <laughs> got better. The when the when the Barbie land was turned to Ken land was definitely probably the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> that was great. Ryan Gosling was great. Uh, but I'll just read a review that kind of synopsis it real quick. A paragraph. This is from Roger Ebert.com. Christy Lemire. This is what she wrote. I don't know who the reviewer is, but I agree. Basically, she, she said everything I'm saying now. The mid, quote unquote, the middle aged mom in me was nodding throughout an agreement, feeling seen and understood as if this person knew me and was speaking directly to me. But the longtime film critic in me found this moment of preachy momentum, you know, basically saying how the whole movie felt preachy, too heavy handed, too on the nose, despite its many kind of insights. And that's what I would say, too. Yeah. It's a great premise. Just could have been pulled off a little bit better. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that that's a fair criticism because they were clearly trying to prove a point. But, you know, it that that would be the criticism is that they, they were trying to prove the point too much. I don't think it was on the nose too bad. I think because I went into it, maybe knowing that's what it was going to be like. But also, I, I kind of feel like I went into it thinking this is what Barbie is. Barbie is the whole thing about the Barbie brand is, you know, women empowerment and women right. opportunity and all that kind of stuff. So if you're going to do a movie about Barbie, that's what the Barbie story is. So that's kind of why I went into it knowing we're about to get the most feminist movie, <laughs> feminist movement movie ever, maybe ever, you know? So that, that would be, you know, kind of right. my and, thing. And, but right. It wasn't like the best movie I've ever seen. I, I'm going to go watch it 10 more times. You know, not like that. Right. It, it, it seemed like, like they, when they went to the real world with Ken and Barbie, like it was maybe five minutes. Like I felt like they could have really extrapolated that part of the movie out. That was the best stuff. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, it was like, they were trying to emulate Elf, kind of this real world type thing. And I don't think it totally landed, but no, that's a, the, that's the a bones of the, but the bones of the, of the movie was good. So that's yeah. like where it's, I can't fault it too much. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, the script, in my opinion, left a little bit to be desired, but still it had, it had me laughing, had me enjoyed. I liked the whole thing yeah. throughout. One thing that my favorite part outside of the Ken land, uh, Barbie land becoming Ken land um, was the fact that once it became Ken land was like their favorite song was like push by like matchbox 20. So that's probably <laughs> was right up your era, Matt. You probably love that. In college. Oh, yeah. I, love so it. I just thought yeah. that was kind of a perfect song to <laughs> kind of make the Ken's all rally behind. So it, it had a lot of moments like that. that you're like, man, that's funny. But then on top of it, it had some of the moments where you're like, okay, we get it. You know, right. Type thing. Good review. Solid. A lot of substance <laughs> there. Not bad. I, I probably will watch it again, though, because there was yeah, parts yeah. I want to see again, you know. Yeah. But, okay, fair enough. I think that's it. Any, any other entertainment? Are we, we good to go? No, I'm, I'm kind of with your wife. I'm. That's why we watched that Christmas movie. I'm in the mood for some Christmas movies. We've been talking about, all right, when we get in Home Alone, when we get in Home Alone 2, when we going to watch Elf, Santa Claus, mm -hmm. you know, all the other. We get, I, I love Christmas movies. I, I, we've talked about it on the pod before. I'm ready for it, too. Well, Disappointing. Tee up, candy cane, tee up Candy Cane Lane with your daughter, okay? Not just God, your, no. you and your wife for a night of entertainment. That's about yeah. all I'll say. After after that review you just gave, I don't think we're going to be watching that one. Fair enough, fair enough. There's a lot of good classic ones out there. Yeah. All right, guys, let's call it a pod. Let's thank our partners. They include Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Make sure you sign up for a 2024 membership at 15% off. Get yourself healthy, get in shape, get details at memorialhealthcare.org. Also, AZ Branding Solutions on board with Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook & Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, 
Rivals Taphouse and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Thanks to all of our sponsors. You know, we're in the holiday season. If you're in any of their businesses, definitely tell them you heard their spot here on Three Point Podcast. Also, Z92.5's Castle Game of the Week coming up Friday, December 8th, 7 o'clock at the Warehouse. The Owasso Trojans and Corona Cavaliers this Friday night. So definitely if you can't make it to the game or you can't listen in live, you can hear the replay right here at Three Point Podcast. That'll do it. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.